God, you're so, so, so good. Amen, amen. We're going to get right into the word of the Lord this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Jude. I don't know what scripture I gave you folks up back in the back. Whatever I gave you, put it up on the screen. There's something about the timing of the Lord, the timing of his word. Amen. Um, I'm going to have you guys be seated. Before we get started, I... We were talking about... uh, Financial freedom, it's a lesson that uh, me and uh, Brother Lonnie had went over along with the other four other aspects of freedom and living for God that uh, I wrote. And we were on our fifth lesson, which was financial freedom at, at the Hope Center on Friday night. And... One of the things that came to my mind as we began to talk about that lesson was when God created, made man, made woman, he made them with all the provisions that they needed to sustain them in life. And those provisions were in the garden where God had placed them after he had made and formed them. They had relationship with God. Uh, They had physical health that would never diminish. They were emotionally sound. Uh, The will, the mind, the ability to think. Uh, They were financially secure. They had everything that uh, they needed to get them through each and every day. So they had all these all these things, social aspect, which was relationships that involved the relationship, which is extremely important because it's a relationship that determines your success in living for God, your success in your, your success in keeping your family together, your success in keeping your your relationship throughout the church together. It involves a lot. Your social relationship devol- involves a lot. And the reason why that was important and the reason why I brought that out Friday night is because when God made man, God didn't make man and woman at first. 
God created Adam. He made Adam for the purpose of developing a relationship with Adam. And it's very important to understand that because before we can venture off into another relationship, we have to have a strong relationship with God first. If your relationship is not strong in God, then we have no right pursuing other relationships. Now, if you're, you come in and, and you're both trying to pursue God at the same time and you're married or whatever, that, that's a different story. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a relationship, having a relationship with God. And the reason why that's important is because eventually God is going to bring someone into, into your life if you so desire, whether it be a man or a woman, a uh, woman with man. I want to clarify that. We live, in a, we live in a crazy world, but God wants the world to multiply and replenish and have other, other offspring through that relationship. But it first started with God and man. Once the relationship between God and man was established, then God could prepare a woman for the man. And that's really important because... If the relationship with God and man was not strong, then the relationship between the woman and the man would be even weaker. And the woman would solely rely on the man when in fact the woman should really rely on God as well as the man relying on God. And when, when you're both working toward God's eternal purpose, your relationship grows together. It begins here, but when you, when you strive for the things of God, you're looking vertically, and the closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other, and the stronger you become in your relationship. And the reason why that is important, because ultimately, you're going to have children, if you so desire. And the greatest deterrent, the greatest Weapon, or one of the greatest weapons that the enemy has is to divide the relationship that God is trying to create between the man and the woman and himself. If God can cause the man and the woman to go like this because they lose their focus on what God is trying to do in their lives, it'll never get to this. They will never be able to raise their children in the way that God wants them to raise their children. And the reason why that happens is because conflict happens in the family unit. And if God can divide the husband and wife through different means of children, circumstances, death, whatever, whatever, comes to you at life and you're going to experience it. I'm going to experience. I already have. Many have. Your relationship has to be strong in the Lord. So the husband and wife can come and communicate with each other and discuss how you can handle each situation. It's, an, it's so very important because Satan wants to divide the family. Look at our society. Look at our world. He's trying to divide 
the family because he knows if he could divide Adam and Eve, then everything else is going to be destructive. Remember that. I've all, I often wondered why God allows me to go through situations. And number one, it's to draw me closer to God. I see my ways, I repent, I turn to God. I don't turn away from God, I turn to God. Number two, it allows me to have compassion on those that experience the same thing that I just came out of. And when you know what you know, what you know, what you know, by experiencing those things, you're not going to criticize. You're not going to point fingers. You're going to love them and you're going to have compassion on each and every one of us. That's why I've always preached and I always will preach. Don't point fingers at your brothers and sisters. Because you and me can easily be caught unaware and fall into the same trap that you're pointing fingers at towards somebody else. Remember that. Guard your heart. Guard your heart because it's coming, it's coming after you. I'm telling you, as the world gets darker, it's coming after you and it's coming after me. And there's no distinction. When you receive the Holy Ghost and you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and God claimed you as his son and his, as his daughter, there was a target placed on your back. And he will do anything to stop you from entering into the presence of God. <clears throat> the title of my message tonight or today is simply fight for it. Fight for it. And I get this message out of the book of Jude. And in Jude chapter 1, I know I gave you guys scripture. If you're in Jude chapter 2, you have the wrong Bible. Jude chapter 1 says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified, by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend or fight for the faith which was once delivered unto you. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, in denying the only Lord God and our Lord 
Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, dressed not, bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beast in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. These are spots in your feast of charity when... They feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of sea, foaming out their own shame. Wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them and all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them, these are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust and their mouth speaking great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Then he says in verse 17, he says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own godly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. 
hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Lord God, I thank you, God, for your, your word this morning, Lord. God, I feel such a strong presence in this place today. And I ask you, God, through the shuddering of my mouth, God, and the, the compassion in my heart, God, to help me. Let your anointing, God, fall in this place. In your mighty name, God. In your mighty name. Amen. In several passages throughout the New Testament, we find warnings about the coming apostasy. Jesus warned that false prophets would arise and the love of many would grow cold and only those who endure to the end would be saved. The biblical meaning of apostasy is the total rejection of Christianity by someone who has been baptized and now is denying the Christian faith publicly. By the time the epistles of John and Jude were written, the apostasy that was coming was no longer a myth. In fact, the apostasy that was prophesied was already in existence. Many antichrists were present and false prophets were already in the world according to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18. And it seems like Jude was inspired to change his original purpose in writing this letter and to deal with the crisis we read in Jude 3 and 4, if the danger of apostasy was already present in the first century A.D., then I don't think the church of the living God in 2023 should be surprised that the dangers of apostasy and falling away should exist in our time. Therefore, those whom are called and sanctified and preserved must fight to keep what is precious and sacred to them. Let's begin just for a few minutes. I won't keep you long with the idea of those who are called. 2 Timothy 
chapter 1, verse 9 says, we have been called with a holy calling. This calling was not according to our meritous works. In other words, it was not nothing that we could do to earn our salvation. It was something that was according to God's purpose and grace before time began. We became God's chosen people, a chosen generation, a generation, a people that was called out through the ways of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by having the gospel preached to every creature, this call, praise God, has been made available to all according to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Again, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 3, and for it's God's desire that all men might be saved, praise God. This is the reason why God offered his son as a ransom, a ransom for all. These verses are really consistent with the Lord's unwillingness that God is not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come to a place of repentance. And so salvation is our responsibility. Praise God. It's my responsibility to make my election and calling sure, praise God. It's your responsibility, praise God. It isn't just on God's shoulders alone. It's your responsibility and it's my responsibility to give everything we got to the kingdom of God. And the only way that's going to happen, my friend, is if you are diligent in this calling, diligent, praise God, in what God has set before you. Furthermore, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, the writer says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. This is why separation is so, so, so very important, praise God. In Jude's writing, he closely relates this concept of calling to the idea of sanctification. The word sanctification means to be set apart. What are we set apart for? We are set apart for a special calling. It's a special way of life. The world, amen, doesn't understand this calling that God has presented before you, praise God. This calling that God drew you from the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a place, it is a lifestyle where it requires separation. It requires sanctification. It requires each and every one of us to be separated from the ideas that the world will try to throw at you. Sanctification is not only the work of the Holy Spirit 
according to Romans chapter 15 and 16. But sanctification is also according to the word of God that works in our lives. You see, God's word is a double-edged sword. It's an instrument used by the spirit of God to help bring separation, to help bring sanctification. This is why Paul prayed, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. It is a complete work. God is not leaving anything out, praise God. The word of God has everything that you need, amen, to be totally separated, totally sanctified, completely cleaned. It's the word of God. Here's the crux of the matter, sanctification is determined by whether or not we remain preserved in Christ. Preserved in Christ. The meaning of the word preserved is used to describe something that is closely watched, something that is closely guarded. That's why, friend, we need to guard our heart. We need to guard our minds. We need to guard our walk in God, praise God. There are influences. There are forces that are going to try to distract you from the purpose of God. And it will distract you. And it will rip your families apart if you allow it. That's why you have to be separated. That's why you have to continually be sanctified by the word of God and by the spirit of God. You can't make it in this world without that. Preserved speaks of our assurance in Christ. In other words, we are carefully being guarded in Christ God is watching over you. God loves you. God wants you to succeed. Peter expresses a similar idea in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 when he says to be kept. To be kept. Question I have for you this morning. Do you, do we, do I have a personal responsibility, amen, to be, to be preserved in Christ? And the answer is yes. Unequivocally, yes. It is my responsibility, praise God. It isn't my brother's responsibility, praise God. It isn't my wife's responsibility, praise God. It is my responsibility. Why? Because I am accountable to God. When I stand before God, my brothers and sisters are not going to be next to me. When I stand before God, it is going to be me. It's going to be my accuser. And it's going to be God and God alone. And if I don't hold the responsibility of this precious calling that God has given me, praise God, I'm going to be accountable, praise God. I'm going to be the one that has to answer, amen, for my actions, praise God. And likewise, you as well will be accountable, amen, for every jot and every tittle. 
And so Jude uses the same word for preserved in Jude chapter 20 or verse 21 when he says to keep yourselves, guard yourselves, keep yourselves, praise God. This indicates that we must cooperate with God. Peter said it another way in 1 Peter 5 when he said, kept by the power of God through faith, through belief, through trust in lifestyle, trust in God, have confidence in God, have assurance in God. Faith, my friend, is an action word. It is a lifestyle, praise God. You can fool me some of the times, but you can't fool God any of the times. You can live the way you want to, praise God, but God knows your actions, eh? amen. God knows your lifestyle. kept by the power of God through faith. In other words, the promise that God gave us does not apply if the conditions have changed. Let me say it again. The promise that God gave us does not apply if the conditions, amen, that God made when he saved you, praise God. When you open that precious book, those promises that now apply to you, praise God. If we are not cooperating with God, if we are not walking in the goodness of God, the conditions, amen, that God, amen, had arranged for your salvation, amen, for your sanctification does not apply, praise God. What if we choose to step out of God's protective covering? Can believers become unbelievers and lose one's gift of salvation? And so Jude in verse 3 and 4 was diligent as he wrote concerning salvation, he found it necessary to exhort the church to contend earnestly. Fight for the faith. Fight for the belief which was once delivered to all the saints. Jude stated, men crept in unnoticed unaware who were marked for condemnation, praise God, ungodly men who turned the grace or the power of God into lewdness and denying the Lord. This is Jude's words. And the reason Jude admonished the church to contend for the faith is because some were already denying the Scriptures. Paul told the Ephesian elders he had not shunned to proclaim the whole counsel of God. And Peter wrote that God had given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And I got to ask you if we have all things. If God supplied all the provisions that we need in life, and God has, 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 it, has, it, has not chosen to withhold the whole counsel of God. What else is there? What else is there? We have all things to get us through life. We have all the provisions to live in the Garden of Eden. And yet we search 
for other things and we feel like maybe God's forgotten something. And so we search to fill the void, the desires, the craving. When God says, I've given you everything, the whole counsel of God, what more? See, it's so important. When he gave us the protection we find in Ephesians, amen, chapter 6 and verse 13, we must put it into action. He says, wherefore, take on the whole armor of God. You take it on. Me take it on. He says, take on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand the evil day. It's these days that come into our lives. Not every day is bad, but when the evil day comes, when bad things happen, you're able to withstand the pressure. The evil day. The day of tribulation. You never know when that day is going to creep up on you. It might look hunky-dory for years and years and years and you never have problems. And we let down our guard. And Jude says, no, no, no. Don't let your guard down. The evil day is coming and you have to be prepared. You have to be suited up. And then he says... In Ephesians chapter 13, or chapter 6, verse 13, and having done all, stand. Therefore, having your learns girt about with truth, your core values, what you were saved on, what you were saved with, the very foundation that gives you that strength. In that power that we've been learning about these last six weeks, praise God. And your feet sod or, or having your breastplate, your, your right works. Righteousness is right works, breastplate of righteousness. And your feet sod with the preparation of the gospel. It's talking about stability, amen. So you don't slip any, on anything that's slippery got to have your feet sod, girt about with truth, your values, your righteousness, your right works, pleasing to God, your feet, amen, planted in the gospel of peace, your stability above all. Above all, you need faith. You need a lifestyle that says, I got a made-up mind. It doesn't matter what I go through. I'm going to stand for God. I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'm going to be stable in my world when no one else is stable. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to walk with God. Taking on a shield of faith, which is complete Protection. When the Romans came on the scene, they had a shield that would cover their entire body. They were able to withstand anything that came their way. 
We need complete protection. Because he says, wherewith you shall be able to quench all. Everyone say all. All the fiery darts of the wicked. Everything that the enemy tries to throw at you because of your faith. God's protection on your life. You're able to stand because he has empowered you with the grace of God, which is the power of God to do his will. Praise God. There's no excuse. That's why God brings man and woman together. That's why God brings daughter and God together, man and God together to get a strong foundation, a strong relationship with God. Amen. Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Speak in tongues each and every day. It's so important, praise God. When you don't know what to pray, amen, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost will make intercession for you. It's a double-edged sword, my friend. The Word of God is a double-edged sword. It will cut to the fighting asunder of your soul, your joints, your spirit, your moral, every aspect. It will cut to places that, that need help when you don't think needs help. It'll dig out. It'll weed out, praise God, the hidden parts of mankind, the things that you thought you've got power over in the future, amen. God will weed it out. God will reveal it to you. But don't hold back when God shows you. Let him make surgery on you. Lay on that surgical table voluntarily. And it might hurt a little bit. I don't like surgery. It hurts a little bit. But oh my word, when you get past the pain, you're a better man. You're a better woman. You're a better family. Everything's better, praise God. You function better. You act better. You walk better. You talk better. God knows how to surgically remove the issues, amen, that will bring you turmoil, that will bring you pain, amen. God is an awesome God. Yeah. And he has good intentions for his church. Let's stand. Let's raise our hands and let's just love him. Thank you, Empower God, your people, God. Empower your people, God. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. He labarata yandara bositiata. 
if God has spoken to you today, I ask you, please come and just let him talk to you just for a few minutes. In Jesus' name, these altars are